This episode is brought to you by Margie Lamb, health coach and founder of Healthy and Hustling. Are you fed up with the dieting and the seemingly contradictory health advice out there? Do you want to feel great in your body and accomplish your goals in a way that's empowering and not overwhelming? For me, the answer was an easy yes. Five years ago, I was pushing 200 pounds. I worked out twice a day and counted my calories. I didn't really see a movement on the scale nor my body type. So I decided to check my ego and call up a health coach. Margie, as a certified integrative nutrition health coach, works with each client as a guide and mentor to build a healthy, sustainable lifestyle that will help you reach your health goals. She offers free one-hour initial consultations. To learn more, visit her website, www.healthyandhustling.com. That's www.healthyandhustling.com. And hustling, spell it H U S T L I N dot com. In this episode of Defining Moments Podcast, you get to meet Brian Bedford, the CEO and managing director of the Bedford Agency. What does the Bedford Agency do? They do sports business consulting and events, recruiting affiliate programs, recruiting education and advisement. They give you the truth. They deliver the stats, the analytics, the insights. They get you into the recruiting process. They help you through the recruiting process. They want to get to know you as a student athlete, but more importantly, they want to get to know you. They want to help you find your education purpose. What's your why? Where are you going to go? To me, it seemed like a no-brainer. That's why Brian and I connected. He came on the podcast. He shared a great story from his love of sports when he was nine to Oklahoma City 89ers game to TCU recruiting to SNU to start helping start their football program. He delivers stats, analytics, the truth to you. But what about the behind the scenes? What is Brian really like? What's his story? Where are some of the setbacks? What did he learn? What is he learning? Where is he going? That's why I really appreciate you about you, Brian. Thank you so much for your time. I look forward to seeing many more successful posts about your student athletes, your agency. I believe in you, man. My name is Wong Lam. Welcome back to Defining Moments Podcast. And today's special guest is Mr. Brian Bedford. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, sir. brother. Great to be here. Absolutely. I don't know if you remember this, a couple of months ago, probably about two and a half months ago, do you remember how we kind of started talking? I I don't, so okay. refresh me. Yeah, so we were on Twitter. It was, I think it was J.D. Reynolds and Rufus Alexander were talking about recruiting, and that you were talking about recruiting too. And so I was reading the thread, and I was like, man, this sounds like a cool podcast. And <laughs> so I was like, hey, you all three should get on a podcast and podcast this thing out. And so that's how... I started uh, follow you and uh, met up with you a few like a few weeks later. Yeah, and now you're in the studio. Yeah, man. there you go. But you got a better memory than I do. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. You're married, 16 years, two daughters. You're the managing director of the Bedford Agency. Yep. There's so many things that you are, have done or are currently doing. My first question, man how is how are you doing? How's your day? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, just got done celebrating uh, 16 years of marriage on yeah. Friday, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, and uh, my kids are just growing like 
a weed, I guess, as the, as the analogy goes. And yeah. uh, we're just trying to pour into them this summer. And that's been really fun to kind of see both my girls just, you know, they're just growing up, uh, yeah. which is a little sad yeah. uh, if you're a parent. But at the same time, it's also kind of cool to see them kind of coming of age. And uh, one will be a freshman and the other will be a fourth grader. And so they're kind of going through those different periods of their life and mm-hmm. uh, we've got vacation coming up here in a week and so kind of got beach on the brain yeah which is not a bad thing with no, the holidays coming up but uh so uh, life's good and uh so uh, but thanks for asking appreciate it yeah absolutely man i've listened to you on sports talk i think it's ktok 1400 am station here locally yep. and i grew up listening to ktok because my parents are big time ktok news 1000 yep. listeners and so Anyways, listen to uh, one of your podcasts, and what I really enjoy about it, man, is not only do you give facts, but you give the stats that back up facts. So what does this tell me about, like, can you explain your your stats? How do you come up with all these stats and, and why these stats are important to you? Yeah, so maybe to help kind of set some context, right, a lot of what we do with the Bedford Agency is, you know, it's kind of there's pieces and parts to the business. So part of it is um, you know, we've, we've hosted some events, we've produced some events that we've done, we've consulted with different companies in sports. The other piece of it is really um, around recruiting and what recruiting looks like today, mm-hmm. how families are going to go through that process, what's realistic, what's that evaluation process look like, and so forth. And, you know, one of the first things that we try to do when we do that piece of, of our business is is, is really have a, a pretty prescriptive conversation about w- what's realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we get caught up in the Twitter sphere uh, and you see a lot of different things out there about kids trying to go play in college and quote unquote getting offered and all these kinds of things. The reality is that there is a number of, um, there's just a number of facts, right, mm-hmm. to your point that really speak to kind of what that really looks like right so if you if you kind of you know i'll just give you a couple here to kind of whet your appetite yeah to get us started and if you think about it in general um in and this is regardless of what sport you play mm-hmm. there your your odds of playing sports in college are really less than three to five percent yeah um and uh so not everybody gets an opportunity to do that um and then within each of those sports there are certain divisions or levels of play from division one all the way to NAI and division three and several levels in between there. And and there's aspects of, you know, your ability to get recruited inside of each of those. And so the reality is that, you know, it's uh, the the odds of, you know, you're playing at a Arizona state and Oklahoma, Michigan or whatever, in just about any sport, Mm -hmm. they're pretty finite. They're very, very small doesn't mean that you shouldn't shoot for it doesn't mean we shouldn't take every opportunity to see if we can make that happen right but we should also be grounded in you know what are other what are some other options right mm-hmm. and so that's the very top end of the market and when you think about playing in college but there are many other options that are at texas state and yeah. north texas and tulsa and yeah. lots of places in between let alone all of the state schools that surround each of these states um, and everywhere in between. And so just try to be really grounded with people and let them have an open mind and, and an open perspective and then give them an honest evaluation of, you know, where their son or daughter can play and what yeah. do we think is realistic for them. And 
that then hopefully you know allows them to save some money and some time and mm-hmm. and and be purposeful in the types of things that they do at an early age so that they're ready to kind of maximize every opportunity. So that's yeah. just a couple of stats, but that gives you kind of an yeah. idea of, you know, and you can get a lot of this stuff online. There's a lot of different things that are out there, but not everybody knows where to go to get it. And yeah. then, you know, when you look at that and you kind of process that, not not everybody understands really what that means too. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah, go into all the weeds on all that stuff, but hopefully it gives you an idea where we're headed. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. You're right. It's 2019, so we can go online and get all this information. However, I feel, and I, I feel like a lot of people would agree, is that how do I know if it's real or not? These stats that I see online, when if I can have a in-house, in-office conversation with a subject matter expert, right? And you can help guide me. I think that's better off because face-to-face communication is important. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that, and and that's you know that's why kind of the premise of what started. Uh, what we're doing now is mm-hmm. because, you know, we had um, just in my background working in this space, a lot of people would say, you know, uh, little Johnny wants to try to play college football or run track or play college basketball. And, you know, can you help us? And what does that mean? And we actually had people that said that actually know me that said we'd pay you to do this. And, yeah. You know, kind of that backhanded compliment actually got us kind of into into doing this, which mm-hmm. was, you know, they want a trusted <laughs> advisor, right? They yeah. want someone to say, you know, that's they really just want your money to come to camp. They're not really recruiting you or, you know, and and sometimes that's hard to give kind of the honest facts and truth. Yeah. But I think that takes some cycles and allows people to be purposeful in their work. And, and so, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a part of the process that every family needs to understand. Mm-hmm. But many times, most of these families will go through that process one time. Mm. And so just like, you know. I don't know about you, but I don't do my taxes myself. Right. Um, and if I was to go to, you know, if I was to get in a civil case and for from a legal perspective, I probably wouldn't represent myself. Right. I would seek counsel on yeah. both those cases. Well, Absolutely. I think the same thing applies when you're thinking about recruiting when it could be tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars at stake. Yeah. Why wouldn't you have someone that you could consult with and advise you through that process? And I think families are really waking up to saying we need some help yeah in your experience how early does a recruiter start recruiting a kid let's just say let's just talk football yeah college football how early does that process start and then when does a parent come to you and say hey man brian i need some help yeah so there's a couple different aspects of it um most of your major colleges will actually utilize third-party services to gather and pull information, especially on those, you know, 10th grade, 9th grade, and, and even to some degree, some ninth, 8th graders. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll pull some national data and, and leverage some third-party resources to gather that information. Gotcha. And most parents don't even understand that, right? They're right. making evaluations for you independently of the schools. Mm-hmm. And so let's just say it's, you know, company A yeah. and they're out evaluating and they're, you know, going to camps and they're getting film and they're talking to coaches and they're doing their process. They're basically like, you know, they're a hired extension of the staff because the staff can only be a certain size. They only have so they have 
the NCA has put limitations, but they haven't really limited all the other third party entities that can evaluate. Mm -hmm. And so each school will say, you know, we think we need two or three other resources or two or three other companies to gather the kind of information that we want. And they mainly do that for early identification of kids. So, Mm -hmm. again, company A goes out and scours Texas and Oklahoma and uh, Ohio and California and Florida and whatever other state. And maybe they've got, you know, they've got a ninth, uh, all the top ninth graders in the country or in a certain part of the, you know, the Gulf South or whatever region that you want to recruit in. And so you've got, you know, their list. It's a list of Mm -hmm. those kids that are at that age. And they'll put them in the database and say, you know, company A has rated them as a division one guy or a high major guy or whatever the ranking system is. But let's just say they're a division one guy. Well, if you're Oklahoma and you subscribe to that list or you're Texas and you describe subscribe to that list, you get kind of you're you've been identified early and you're kind of on the radar. Right. Uh, That's one way. The second way is uh, all of these camps. So, you know, you see the big push the first two and a half weeks of June. uh, And then you'll see a little bit of a push the last week of July before training camp starts or fall camp starts where kids are coming to these schools and they are being proactively, you know, getting in front of these coaches. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in that process, again, kind of that same window of time where they get, uh, you know, an early identification. They may have a kid in camp and he's a ninth grader. Maybe they're not ready to offer him or anything, but they see him for the first time. They're like, wow, you know, this kid's 15. We need to follow him the next couple of years and kind of see how he evaluates. Most of the core evaluations uh, then will then happen typically in your junior year of high school. Okay. Um, You'll see some that happen before that. I'm not going to lie. There's some that'll happen. You know, if, they, if you're really, really kind of the 1% of the 1%, you're getting offered in football, specifically after your sophomore year. Many wow. of the Olympic sports, it happens, you know, freshman, sophomore year. Mm-hmm. That's pretty normal. But in football, it's typically your body's still got to kind of develop. And so yeah. you need a little bit more time. I mean, you're just now kind of turning 16 or, you know, some of them even aren't, aren't 16 yet. So they'll typically wait until after your, you know, kind of your junior year. But um, yeah, so that's that window. And a lot of people don't realize that, especially in major college football, that there's actually third party services that are evaluating you. So they could maybe, they they wow. could they could be giving you a grade even before you show up on campus. Oh man. And if you have that grade going into the camps mm-hmm. or under those campuses, it's great. Yeah. But it actually can work to your disadvantage, which right. is they're not being mean. They're just being honest. They're evaluating you saying, okay, I know what Ohio State wants or I know what Michigan wants. And mm-hmm. you're you're five five and 135 pounds, you can't, you know, you don't have the measurables that are there. So mm-hmm. they all kind of generally have a good plan of attack, but that's kind of generally how that process works. Oh um, man. So it's it can get a little complicated. Yeah, yeah. You're you just are celebrating your third year at the Bedford Agency, yep. correct? So congratulations on that. Thank you. What has led up to this agency? The reason why I ask is you're in your third year, going on your fourth, and hopefully for a very long time, but your third year. So what has led you to the Bedford Agency? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a loaded question, but a good one in the sense that um, you know I've been in the sports and entertainment space for over twenty years. Mm-hmm. And it actually even goes back before this, and we were passing notes back and forth on this. I mean, for me, I I remember 
the first time that I was really interested in kind of working in sports and entertainment, I was 10 years old. My uncle, my cousin, and my grandfather, we we got in the lottery for the NCAA Final Four. And um, and the way that that worked back in the day was you had to kind of prepay for your tickets. Mm-hmm. And if you won your lottery spot, then they charged your, you know, kind of they charged your card kind of oh, deal. Okay. And if not, then they rebated you the money. But you had to pay, prepay for everything. Wow. And you had to do it like a year in advance. It was old, kind of old school, right? But this is 1986. Man. And for yeah. me, it was an opportunity to, I went, I got to go to the Final Four. I was two yeah. years old. And so it was... It was Duke, it was Kansas, it was uh, LSU, and it was Louisville. And, wow. Um, and so I remember going to old Reunion Arena in Dallas. Dallas, Texas, yeah. <laughs> back, when, back when the Final Four was in you know, an actual arena, not in a football stadium. Yeah. And I was just intrigued at the time to understand, like, how does this all work? Like, who, who, who makes the popcorn? How, yeah. how, 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 how did the goals get out there when two days ago they had a hockey game or <laughs> the, you know, they had a rodeo or whatever it was. Right. And, yeah. and who takes the tickets and why are these t-shirts here for, and like, how does the printing work? And they just named the teams a couple days ago. And, you know, I was just intrigued behind the business of sports at a really, really early age. And I knew when I went to college as an athlete that I was going to work in sports. And so all of my internships and practicums and, and my early jobs in 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 sports, all of that kind of led up to to you know really kind of a body of work over twenty years mm-hmm. that then is now um, you know as I've continued to be kind of wear two hats both you know uh, at, you know in the role I have now with the Bedford Agency, but but outside of that with other work that I have, um, it's been an opportunity to really combine kind of all those things that I've done with recruiting with events and camps and consulting and sales and all those kinds of things. And it's the ability to really kind of create an asset that is kind of wholly, you know, mine and our families yeah. and, uh, and, and to really kind of build it organically. Um, and that's, what's been fun is to kind of build an asset that, you know, it's ours. We get to, we get to create it, we get to mold it. And, yeah. you know, we intentionally started one area and we've kind of pivoted and done a few new things and taken yeah. on some new challenges and we've you know looked at what's the risk profile of this versus this and that's been really fun to kind of organically grow something Mm -hmm. and you know over time um you know i'd love to be able to be in a position where this can be the you know the platform that that i used to you know have a you know completely completely second career um, yeah outside of other things, but you know, that'll take some time mm-hmm. and we know that. And so, um, on my 40th birthday I decided now's the time to go be an entrepreneur. And yeah. uh, so it's been fun. It's been a fun ride. We've got a long ways to go. Yeah. Um, but the good thing is that we don't have to be in a rush. We don't have That's to right. be in a hurry. We can be very intentional about what we're doing here. We can be pretty picky about the kinds of projects and the kinds of opportunities that we want to take on. And, uh, that's, I think that's a good spot to be in because then you get to do the things that you like, work on cool stuff, mm-hmm. be around cool people, yeah. take advantage of those things and not have to just figure out, you know, just take on projects and responsibilities that don't kind of line up with the things that you want to do that are fun. Yeah. And uh, so that's been kind of cool to kind of organically grow it. So that's probably more than you asked for, but hopefully it gives you kind of a, it gives you context to kind of where I started and what's led to this 
this uh, this journey for me. Yeah, no, I think that's an awesome answer. The reason why I say awesome is you use words like intentional or purposeful and you're not in a rush, right? There's no finish line. So no. this is going to be an ongoing thing. And what I'm intrigued about is going back to 10 years old reunion arena and watching the final four and being interested in how's the popcorn made? How are the tickets printed? How are they ushering out a ice rink from a hockey game to a final four weekend in reunion arena? Yeah. I'd- yeah. And I don't, I don't know that I have a great answer for it because, you know, if I look back on it, I mean, the whole sports business side of things, yeah. it's, it's fairly mature now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I was interested in it, like I was the only one that was like, well, I want to work in sports. Like I didn't know anybody else that wanted to do that. Right Now I talk to colleges and I'll go speak at a sports marketing class or I'll get direct messaged on Twitter or something like that. And there's just oodles of kids that, you know, they want to work in sports or whatever. I think part of that has to do with the maturity of the industry. You've got yeah. a lot more. You've got a lot more publications. You've mm-hmm. got more newsletters. You've got um, there's there's business elements of every major publication. You know, ESPN has a sports yeah. business writer. The Athletic has a sports business writer. Sports Business Journal has now been mm-hmm. a publication for 25, 30 years. So you look at all of these kind of surrounding assets that really weren't in place when. I was a kid. Yeah. But now for like my kids, like they just it's they just think it's been there forever. Right. Which makes me sound old. And I'm really don't think I'm that old. I mean, I'm like, I've got to be like 25, right? Yeah. And this can't be. But yeah, but I look, look at but I look at this and say, um, you know, for me it was just about like I was a sports and I loved, you know, doing sports when I was a kid. And mm-hmm. I just knew that, you know, that old and that uh that old saying of, you know, work on something that, you know, is, is your passion yeah. and you'll never work a day in your life. Like, right. I was like, all right, well, I like sports and yeah. I think I can do that. And so that's been fun. And, uh-huh. and I've been, you know, blessed or lucky or whatever you want to say to be around people that, you know, in my career have just helped me along the way. And that's been really cool. I mean, yeah. really fun stories about people that, took a bet on me at a really um, early age yeah. and um, and that has allowed me to kind of propel to, you know, a 20 year body of 20 plus year body of work in mm-hmm. three teams, a couple different technology companies working in sports and entertainment. And um, I'm going to keep doing that and grow this at the same time. And yeah. it's been a, it's been a cool ride. Yeah, you said three teams. What three teams are we are you talking about? Yeah, so uh, so I did a stint in minor league baseball. Worked for the Oklahoma uh, City Redhawks, okay. Oklahoma Redhawks, uh, back when we built the ballpark here in Oklahoma City, um, ninety seven through um, ninety nine, in a couple different roles from account manager and season season and group tickets and yeah. sponsorship to. You know, I did promotions. I was a game day MC, literally. Wow. You know. With a mic during the third <laughs> inning, singing the Kit Kat song, um, done all of that, which maybe now doesn't surprise you. You didn't know that, but that <laughs> I did do that at one point in time. I was in my twenties, so it was Man. I had a good excuse for that. That's awesome. But that, so that was that was a senior in college through kind of my first year out of college doing mm. that. Um, uh, went back to my alma mater, uh, Southern Nazarene, when we started the program May of 1999 and was there three and a half seasons um, through kind of the start of a 
college football program. Wow. And uh, so that was totally different, cool, scary. I was 21 as a director of football operations. I knew nothing about it. Never played a down of football in my life. <laughs> um, and uh, and so was blessed because my uh, college track coach became my boss and was mm. the head football coach. And my high school track coach became our defensive coordinator. Wow. Um, and so being part of the orchestration of some of that was pretty cool. And building, you know, um, locker rooms, building the stadium, designing logos, mm-hmm. hiring staff, um, recruiting more players than I could even imagine. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of players in a couple of year turn. Um, winning a bunch of games out of the gate was yeah. cool. Um and then parlayed that into an opportunity to go to TCU and be director of recruiting and wow. and pro and director of pro personnel there. Um, and uh, so from recruiting to official visits, offers, unofficial visits, um, all the NFL and Canadian Football League liaison type stuff, um, team travel, all that kind of stuff. So it, that was um, that was a fun ride for a couple of years. We won a bucket load of games. Yeah, we went twenty three and three the two seasons I was at TCU, and then and then at that point just realized that um, my wife and I got married in between year season one and season two at TCU. Yeah, realized that um, to be in this business required me probably having to move mm-hmm. um, and uh, kind of climb the coaching administrative ladder so to speak. And so it gave me an opportunity to uh, parlay that into some really cool opportunities to kind of get into the sports tech space and been able to do that since 2004 and uh, do it with a couple different companies. And, uh, and then, and then along the way, start this uh, kind of cool project called the Bedford agency. And so I've been able to kind of go back into the time machine, so to speak, and pull from some of those things that I did do back in the day. And then pull those forward, modernize them a little bit, and then and then kind of be on the other side of the table, and and then also keep kind of keep some of my industry connections yeah. that I've built along the way. And so for me, it's a little bit of back to the future, but it's been fun. Yeah, yeah. You talking about TCU? Did you work with Coach Gary Patterson? I did. So yeah. if you had three words to describe Coach Patterson, what three words would you use? <laughs> uh, I would say intense. I would say passionate, and I would say um, savant. He's a defensive savant. Mm. He sees stuff that uh, very few people uh, can't cannot see wow. or can't can see. So, uh, but a very intense man. Um, um, and uh, it was early in his head coaching yeah. career at the time when I was there. He was on year two at TCU, and you know at that point in time, I mean, kind of the jury was out. You know, I got there after a basically a six and six season. And yeah. so they were like, you know, is this going to go down the tubes or are we going to ride the rocket ship? And thankfully I was on the rocket ship and we took it off and, yeah. and uh, it was a lot of fun uh, for the couple of years there, but very intense guy, very passionate guy. Um, and, and then, you know, it was definitely a savant around defense, defense and, uh, and, uh, you know, certainly learned a lot. That's awesome. While man. I was there, made a lot of connections. And yeah. So it was good, good time in Fort Worth for sure. Yeah. What are maybe a couple of wins for you so far for the Bed- the Bedford Agency? Well, I think, um, you know, there's a couple things that I would kind of point to um, in kind of th- the three kind of core areas that we've uh, focused in, and those being 
um, you know, consulting, um, of, you know, the events, and then different aspects of kind of recruiting education and what that looks like. And and I'll just I'll cover on a couple of of them, um, not in any particular order. Yeah. You know, the first is, um, you know, from an events perspective, one of the cool things that we got an opportunity to do um, a couple of years back was um, bring uh, uh, an elite high school basketball camp to Oklahoma City uh, with Jay Billis uh, and uh, his co-owner of his camp, John Searby. John's a good friend of mine, known John a long, long time. And uh, they were looking to uh, different models on how they were going to expand the footprint of their camp business. Um, Jay, obviously, you know, the lead analyst for ESPN. Mm -hmm. He's got a very robust name in in that space. And so uh, it was an opportunity for him to kind of grow his brand. They they had been doing their camp in Charlotte for a number of years. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think they just celebrated their fifth year this year. and they wanted an opportunity to see if they could do this in other parts of the country and what would that look like. And so they needed a local operator to do that. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of people would think well, we're going to do this in Dallas. We're going to do it in Houston. We're going to do it in Chicago. We're going to do it in Kansas City. And I was like, I think we can do it here. I, mean, yeah. I think we can do it in Oklahoma City. So that was really cool. It yeah. gave, gave us um, some credibility that we had a big, um, a big brand like Jay as a personality. And then, you know, the trust with friendship to be able to execute that. Oh, yeah. and so that was really cool with, with Jay and John. And, and we had really elite people as part of that event. Paul Biancardi, who's the lead um, director of college basketball scouting uh, and recruiting for ESPN, was there. We had Alan Stein. Alan trained Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, um, some of the who's who's just written a book. He's now on a published speaker. They were all at this event. So that was really cool. And, and, yeah. I, and I look at that as kind of like really the model of being kind of a local operator and the things that we've kind of done on the event side. On the consulting side of things, um, you know, a cool project that we took on uh, about a year ago was um, uh, kind of a, uh, an early to market brand around sports design and creative branding called Varsity Partners. Um, they were formerly called um, Centerfold Agency. Um, but Varsity Partners, another company, coincidentally out of uh, Charlotte, um, that was looking for help when it comes to kind of sales, business development, um, kind of Horizon 2 kind of project development. What were they going to do in the space as they really started to build out a sports practice? Yeah. They had done some work with some really cool brands like Carnival Cruise Lines and others, but they really wanted to go deep. And so have an opportunity just to open up the Rolodex, make some phone calls for them on their behalf and kind of play kind of a sales consultant role for them. Yeah. Another kind of cool project. And then I would say on the recruiting side, there's a bunch, there's probably more there than there is anything just because mm-hmm. we've been doing that a little longer in this. But, you know, each one of the the families that we've worked with have a really cool story. And none of them are the same in any, you know, uh, shape or form, but I'll give you two. Yeah. You know, the first is, uh, you know, a a young man that um, is actually entering his freshman year this fall. um, And he's actually in Phoenix, Arizona. His name is Ryland Stubbs. He's legitimately a top 30 to 50 miler, uh, long distance runner in the country. Um, He went to a Campo Verde high school just outside of uh, the Phoenix area. 
was recruited nationally, was offered by East Carolina, Iowa State, Oklahoma, um, just to name a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his dad is from here, um, was a high school teammate of mine uh, for a little bit. And they just, they really needed counsel at an early age. They knew that Ryan had won a state championship in cross country as a sophomore or finished runner up or something like that. So they, they just, they weren't really sure like what, what is, what are we sitting on a rocket ship or not, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and I remember the, one of the first conversations we had was really about um, kind of getting them exposure to a couple of places. In fact, they were taking a family trip up to Oregon, wanted to go to University of Oregon and wanted to make contact with coaches at a very early age. And, and I just remember, you know, kind of walking them through, okay, this is what that experience is going to be like. And, yeah. you know, um, Oregon track is kind of the, you know, uh, crescendo, right. To, yeah. Of, of, of uh, track and field and Hayward field and all the things that go with it. And, and so, you know, to see their family go all the way through that, he just got done running at, uh, the open road mile with Adidas, Adidas boost in Boston two weeks ago. Um, you know, he's won, I'm probably not going to get this right, but at six to eight state championships in, in Arizona. Oh my goodness. Um, and uh, and then uh, just committed, actually going to run for one of the hometown Division One schools, Grand Canyon University. Going to stay at home, decided, spurned all those other offers that wow. he had to stay home, which is a big coup for them. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, so that's really fun to kind of see, you know, someone go through the process at a really elite level, mm-hmm. advise the family through that, provide the resources and information on yeah. how to do that. That was kind of a really cool one. That's um, awesome. That's kind of, you know, we talk a lot about football and basketball and some yep. of these other sports, but I wanted to kind of give you, an, you know, the same really applies to every sport, right? Yeah. You know, the second would be, um, you know, I had a, I had a family uh, that uh, they were really interested in kind of the academic side of things. Mm-hmm. Son was a good player, uh, ended up finishing at Cassidy uh, here in Oklahoma City and um, and had previously had gone to Westmore High School. And, and uh, they knew that they had an opportunity for him to, you know, play, possibly play in college, but weren't sure. And, you know, he was a kind of a fringe Division One kid, got offered by Air Force and, and wow. had some uh, plenty of Division II offers, uh, a couple of one Div- AA offers that were out there. You got some preferred walk-on offers that came, and and we really, you know, I remember at, at a very early point in that process, really talking to them about what does he want to do when he gets done with college? Like what what's the plan there? Yeah. And I remember them saying, you know, he's a really good student. He was a 4.0 kid, you know, one of those kind of guys, you know, 30 plus in the. ACT and and they said, well, he wants to be an engineer. And I thought, well, I'm probably out of my league here already because, you know, he's already thinking about being an engineer. You know, I was just worried about what I was going to do on Friday night when I was at 17, Mm -hmm. but he's already thinking about becoming an engineer. And um, he ended up, uh, we ended up, I said, you know, you've got family and different things that are in Colorado. One of the top engineering schools in the country that plays a really good brand of football is a school called Colorado School of the Mines. Yeah. You, really, you gotta really take advantage and, and look at this. And so on that trip to Air Force, they went up to the Boulder area, went to Colorado School of the Mines, loved it, fell in love with the school, got yeah. offered a, a good scholarship to go play there. Um, his career, you know, he spent five years there, redshirted. The football thing kind of, you know, it, it wasn't a perfect, 
you know, scenario when he got into school, but the engineering piece of it was awesome. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so football kind of bounced a little bit. They had a coaching change, head coaching change in the middle of that process. And, and he ended up finishing his career playing baseball as a, as a redshirt senior, having a phenomenal kind of redshirt senior season as a, as a, just a walk on to the baseball team. Mm-hmm. Um, but he finished his degree and now he has got a, job right out of college he's gonna he's moving to boston he's yeah. gonna work with one of the top gun manufacturers in the country Man. and it allows him to kind of pair his passions he loved hunting he loved fishing wow. he loved outdoor sports he's got this engineering degree and then he's probably gonna make more money than you and me both combined wow. right out of the gate yeah. because now he's going to be designing new you know new new guns and and different things for the sporting and and uh, fishing world and I mean, how cool a story is that? Yeah. I mean, it's just awesome to see him just kind of, you know, at an early age identify with that. But to be a small part of that process and giving them counsel on where to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that kid is not just thought about a, a school for four years of playing, but the next 40 years of his life are now impacted. Yeah. And so those are two great examples of kind of one that's getting on the cusp of starting his college career and one who's now finished it. Yeah. And they're in, you know, different parts of that journey. But being part of that's really kind of fun. It's cool to be part of it. Cool to still play a role in impacting kids and families lives. And so that's kind of brings us full circle. So it's been fun. That's awesome. And you say you played a small part as I'm listening to this. I mean, I will say that you played a huge part. I feel what's important is you actually it's like, hey, what are you going to do after college? It's not just about athletics. Sure. And you. He's like engineering. You're like, okay, well, here's some options. And the Colorado School of Mines is a great engineering school. Obviously, I work with engineers. I think our CEO graduated from there and played football from yep. there and some geologists too. However, the part that you played, you say it's small. That's probably the biggest part. His, if I, if we were to bring him on here, it'd probably be his defining moment. One of his defining moments. Yeah, maybe. Is to go cons- use you to consult with his yep. parents. Yep. And in, in that direction. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I think his, him and his dad, mom and dad would say that, that, you know, is a, I mean, they had never heard of it, had no idea, uh, was not even, was, were totally thinking a completely different direction. Yeah. And now they look back on it and go, it was probably the best decision we made of our lives. And, That's awesome, man. you know, it could have gone sideways. They could have gone up there and not liked it. For sure. And my job's not for them to, you know, make them, you know, a decision or call a coach on their behalf or anything. My job's, you know, I look at it when I think about recruiting is just to place ideas, mm-hmm. give them perspective, give them things to think about. And um, we've tried to templatize and process out kind of that whole, uh, those steps through the recruiting thing. And, you know, this is one of those where you look back on it and go, you know, they made a decision for 40 years, not four years. Yeah. And so that's really cool. And that, that's one thing that, you know, we did learn when I was at TCU, Gary's a big believer and he used that phrase a lot. In fact, if you follow TCU in recruiting, they use that yeah. line a lot in recruiting is, you know, not not 40, but or not four, but 40 or yeah. you know, 40, not four. They'll use some variation. Yeah. That. And it's really about finding a place that is going to have those connections, those relationships and mm-hmm. the education that's going to carry you when your knees and ankles and shoulders yeah. break. Right. Which they always will. But yeah. that education, those that network of people, those relationships Hopefully those are with you for a really long time. Yeah. God, that's so that's so brilliant. I honestly when I was playing soccer, I wish we had a firm and agency that you had, you know, because I'm 39, close to the same age as you are. Yeah. 
So I didn't have that, but I mean, it would have been so useful to have someone with all that knowledge that you could just go to and just use. Yeah. And there's a lot of, you know, it's just, there's a, there's an abundance of information out there, Mm -hmm. you know, but synthesizing it for parents is really difficult because they've been brainwashed that, you know, if we do this, 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 and this, if we travel to every out of state tournament, it's just going to equal, you know, scholarships. And, you know, the reality is, you know, for every dollar you're spending on those travel away, you know, hotel, meals, gas, et cetera, go put 50 cents or a dollar of that same dollar into a, into a fund yeah. and save it for, you know, uh, for college, right? Yeah. Because the reality of it is you, A, you're probably not getting a full scholarship. Even if you yeah. do get a scholarship, it's probably not a full scholarship. Right. Um, unless you play a couple of sports and only those couple of sports at a very elite level. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that, you know, most of your money's coming from academics or other types of agencies. And yeah. Yeah, I think we've just we've we've created a culture where sports is, is prominent, which is great. I I do enjoy that. Yeah, for sure. But there's a balance. Absolutely. And I think we've kind of gotten out of kilter on what that balance should look like. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. So your moment was from at ten years old, reunion arena popcorn, ticket sales to the Red Hawks, building a program at Sun Nazarene, TCU. Now you got your own agency that's three years old and and thriving and it's growing. So how does a high performer like you, what are your, some of your morning habits? Well, I probably run uh, four or five times a week. And a lot of that's not crazy early, but I usually yeah. am getting up and, and doing that at least during the summertime. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll try to get a workout in, you know, in, in the morning time. But, you know, if I, if I think about habits specifically, you know, for me, I'm, you know, I, when I'm, when I'm not traveling, I'm, 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 uh, I'm trying to do as much shuttling to school as I possibly can. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, that's one dad thing that I can do. So I'm, I'm trying to get my kids, you know, uh, to school as best I can. Uh, we kind of divide the responsibilities on the, uh, with the girls and my wife does the bulk of it, but I'll yeah. play my little sliver of being the, the Uber driver in the mornings <laughs> and getting them to, to their place. And then, you know, try to get, uh, uh, depending on that schedule and that's obviously in the, in the, uh, in, in the fall or spring semesters when, when the kids are in place. And then probably like all of us, I'm, you know, checking in on, you know, the, the work stuff that's come in over, mm-hmm. over the, uh, overnight. And, yeah. um, because I do also work for a global company, it is, right. it is coming all, all night uh, long and then, uh, and then try to get cranking and then, you know, school year, I'll probably work out midday. And then in the summer times, it's been a little warm. So I'm trying to get that work in, <laughs> in the, in the morning and then, uh, and then let the girls kind of get some sleep, uh, some more sleep time. Yeah. Uh, but you know, every day is different when you got kids. Yeah. So there's sometimes where you're getting up and shuttle them to camp or, you know, you got a doctor's appointment. So, uh, but I try as best I can to be, um, to, 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 um, at least in the mornings, trying to keep it quiet in the house yeah. if they're sleeping and, and, and do my thing upstairs in my office. And uh, that's cool, man. But I think we got a good, decent little routine going there. Yeah. Right on, it's man. working 16 years and yeah you know my oldest is getting ready to turn 15 so we've got the wow. we've got the system a little bit now. <laughs> we're not perfect it's a you it's know evolving. it's like it's like practicing yes yeah. and we're practicing parenting so. that's awesome man what are 
some questions, maybe two questions that you wish people would ask you, but no one ever asked? I think, um, you know, I think, uh, I think for students, you know, kind of early in career people, you know, they want to jump to the end result. They want to jump to like, oh, I want your job now. <laughs> and, and I can appreciate that. I, I did the same thing. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, just understanding kind of, you know, how to take some steps in the process yeah. um, and in, in one's career, whatever career it is. And just being intentional and methodical about that and looking at all of the different aspects of, you know, again, you know, if I use engineering as a term, mm -hmm. you know, they could work for an oil and gas company in engineering. They could work yeah. for an architect in engineering or they could go make, you know, ammunition and guns. Yeah. There's lots of different elements of it. Right. Right. Well, so I think just and then the steps within those careers that each of those have. So I think, you know, asking intentional questions around that is uh, something that I would advocate for is making sure that you're really thinking through that process and you're, you're looking at kind of the full career, you know, um, career journey. Um, and, you know, a lot of kids will ask me, well, I want to work in sports. And I, one of the first questions I, ha I always ask them is, are you, do you want to work on the team side or the non-team side? Well, yeah. we want to work on the team side. And I'm like, okay, before I go down that path, do you know, do you even like, do you even understand what the non-team side means? Well, no, not really. I'm like, so if, if I, if I could get you a job at Nike, would you go to work at Nike? Well, yeah. Okay. Do you like golf? If I could get you a job at Callaway, would you get a, would you work at Callaway? Well, yeah, I love Callaway. You know, like I go yeah. to Callaway golf yeah. clubs or, you know, if I could, <laughs> if you could, um, do you like to run? Yeah. Well, if I could get you a job at Peloton, is that working in sports? And so, or, you know, do you like yeah. technology and, you know, you can keep going down the list. Right. And so I think that's uh, maybe a little extension of your question, but I think those, you know, kind of being well-rounded in that kind of career decision-making process is one that not enough kids, not enough people early in career, I think are asking the right questions around that. And then mm -hmm. they're assuming that they're going to get done and that there's just going to be rainbows and lollipops waiting for them at the end of it and not realizing that, you know, you might have to go intern, you might have to go uh, volunteer. Um, yeah. you know, there may be some things that you need to do along the way. That's, that's the first thing. And I think that the second, you know, the second thing that I would uh, uh, maybe that doesn't get asked uh, enough is, is probably just the balance of, your family and your work and how do you do those things? Yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I fall victim to that, you know, from time to time, there'll be times where, you know, I'm not carrying my load and my wife lets me know about it. And you need that. I think that's important as a mm -hmm. married couple is that you, you have your, your ability to kind <laughs> yeah. of, you know, give some positive criticism to, you know, how are you spending your time? But I do think there's a way to balance that. You know, mm -hmm. that's one thing that that we did. You know, when I was at TCU, we realized that we couldn't have the life that my wife and I wanted, and we made mm -hmm. it a tenant of our marriage to be based here in Oklahoma City, close to our parents, yeah. and our kids could have grandparents active in their lives, and that means you miss some opportunities potentially because you don't live in New York or London or the Bay or LA or Chicago or whatnot. Yeah. But it proves to be very beneficial for the next generation, my, my kids and where they're going and, and, and maybe future generations. Right. And yeah. so I think, um, and I look at that now with, you know, even trying to kind of juggle 
a couple different, you know, a, an emerging job, an emerging business that we're creating here, but also my, you know, my, my other roles, um, you know, balancing those can be tricky. There's times where um, I get out of whack. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I've taken on too much. Uh, and but for the most part, um, I think, you know, there's a way to there's a way to do this where you don't get overextended and, and you do provide balance. And I think people need to be asking that question to themselves yeah. and, and or others. Right. How how do you really go about doing that? And, and there's not a, no situation's perfect. Yep. And I'm not going to say that I'm perfect because I'm fully admitting that I screw this up too. <laughs> but I do think that, you know, uh, trying to be, uh, trying to be balanced about that is, is one that I would, I would make sure that as you, you know, you're thinking about the, the goals, the ambitions, mm-hmm. the things that you want to do, you know, is it a way that, you know, you can do that without, um, you know, compromising kind of that family piece of it. And I'll give you an example. Yeah. You know, while I mentioned, you know, we did, you know, we've done a couple of events and those have been really cool and aspirational and whatnot. Um, they've taken a lot of time. Yeah. And so then they, you know, then that compromises your family. So we've just looked, had to look at what we're doing within our agency and say, well, maybe we're not going to do a lot of events. Maybe we're going to do consulting and we're going to do recruiting and we're because that we can blend into our you know, our, our week, our weekly Mm -hmm. schedule, kind of that weekly bodily of work and kind of protect those kind of precious weekends that are typically family time. So it's been kind of thinking about it in that context, but those are kind of a couple of questions that kind of come to mind that I think people should be just, they should be asking those things. Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense because I was actually fascinated. like, okay, so married 16 years, three years into this Bedford agency. I was like, how does him and his wife do this, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not, I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly not easy. And I have an awesome wife who um, kicks me in the tail from time to time and tells me when I'm doing good and tells me when I'm doing bad. And, and, and you need that. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And I think as a, as a man, you are, you're, you're very, you know, business kind of ego driven. Yeah. I think you have to have a partner who is willing to give you balance in your perspective and i always say this you know i needed to be a girl dad yeah you know because if i wasn't like i would be all sorts of crazy i'd be i'd be i, I mean that i'd have the the tv would be on espn 24 7 i would know nothing about anything else that was going on in life yeah. right yeah so for me like i i need that i need yeah. the compassion that my girls have i need the love and the faith and the trust that my wife has if mm-hmm. i didn't have that i mean there would be no way that i would be able to even you know think about the, you know having kind of the full perspective because i know that i naturally kind of tilt far one way right yeah. I, mean, I have like a body of interest and you know so forth and so i mean that's the hard part i mean that's the joy but what makes being married that's what's tough right? yeah is because you have to you have to be able to balance and offload, you know, yeah. different things. And, you know, us as guys, I mean, we'd be all sorts of crazy. Yeah. That's why your spouse has got to play that role. And I mean, thank goodness that my wife has, you know, invested what she's done into my kids because mm-hmm. I look at my two daughters and look and say, they're just a, they're, I mean, they're certainly partially a reflection of me, but they're yeah. also a big reflection of my wife. Yeah. Wow. Because I have traveled and I have 
taking on some of those things and yeah. and uh and uh, and those sacrifices uh, come at a price but yeah. you know we're trying to figure out a good balancing spot to that now in our lives and and uh, sometimes you have to do some things early in career i had to travel a bunch when my oldest was really little mm-hmm. and so we had to kind of sacrifice a little bit there now we're a little more in a balanced kind of you know yeah. kind of travel schedule still gets a little wonky from time to time yeah. but you know having that I think that perspective is 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 pretty important. That's awesome, man. You mentioned earlier about kids and volunteer work, what they need to be doing. How do you give back to society? How do you contribute? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I'm, I'm I actually just uh, passed on uh, a little bit of the baton, and I'm kind of in the process of just trying to figure out what's the the next thing. But and I've sat on a board role um, at my alma mater nice. for six years at Southern Nazarene, and that's been pretty cool to kind of see the inner workings. And there's a lot of, I mean, that's you're kind of just a you're kind of a glorified volunteer when you sit on a board. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's kind of part of that responsibility yeah. is to be there and be an active mentor um, and and provide that. Um, and so that's been that's been a pretty cool kind of six year body of work. Yeah. And now the next chapter. I don't know what that looks like. Uh, there'll be something new that I can kind of, you know, give back and invest into. Uh, yeah. There's lots of opportunities that are out there. And so I'm kind of, I've, in fact, I've asked a couple people, what's the next spot? What's the next place that I should dig into? Yeah. Um, but doing that in a balanced way. Yeah. Um, and we're certainly involved in our church and, and doing um, things, um, you know, in, in that area. Um, but there'll be a, there'll be something, um, but I just don't know what that looks like. Yeah. Yet. Um, yeah. But it's July one. My board seat just expired uh, on oh. Sunday, so <laughs> I think I got a little bit of time to figure out what's the next chapter. But um, I, you know, I would encourage anybody, you know, whether it's a formal board seat or it's a um, more of a you know just your volunteering, whether it's at the food bank or you know whatever it may be. Um, there are lots of really cool opportunities for people to get plugged into. Yeah. And uh, and I think I think having that gives you uh, it gives you another uh, life perspective that helps you do your day job, whatever the yeah. day job is. So I think right. they're important. Um, and I think, you know, you should have something there that you can give your expertise uh, to. They're, yeah. they're needed for sure. Absolutely, man. If you go back in time, what would you tell your younger self? What's one thing? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think. Uh, you know, the, the area that I would probably spend a little bit more uh, time in to, uh, it's just, I have a lot of great relationships around the country that I've mm-hmm. built kind of through work, but I'd probably continue to invest in those personal relationships that are here locally, um, building some of those uh, I think those become more important to you as you get a little bit older. Um, and they've been, um, you know, I had to go through a period there where I was, you know, I moved out of state, start to travel a whole bunch. And so it's like, man, you know, that body of work or some of those friendships you kind of lose touch with, yeah. you know, those are things that you can't, sometimes you can't get those back. Fortunately, we've been able to claw a bunch of those back and yeah. rekindle a lot, a lot of those things. But, um, you know, I would tell myself to, you know, don't, don't take that lightly, you know, be, mm-hmm. be purposeful in those relationships, um, do everything you can. Um, and that's a weak point for me, just candidly. I mean, that's an area where sometimes I don't put the attention to it that I should, you know, the old yeah. saying, you 
to 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 have friends you have to be a friend kind of one of those yeah. tips you know, i think that's you know sometimes you have to do things that are unnatural and and be um you know you have to ex- extend past the midway point and sometimes uh in, in your life and uh, so i'd probably tell myself that uh, yeah. if i was you know commenting um but uh but you know the other thing would be um you know, marry, marry a, marry a good woman, marry, <laughs> marry someone better than yourself. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've been able to do that. And so, um, I'd continue to, you know, thankfully I've been, I've been on the right track when it comes to that yeah. for sure. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's well, I did that. I, I married a, a great woman. So good advice. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> What's the uh, path forward for you personally? And then also the Bedford agency. Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, if I just think about me personally, uh, you know, we're at a really cool part in our family's life with my kids and mm-hmm. um, cherish the next, you know, 10 years, whatever that looks like, yeah. 15 years, really. I mean, they'll be with you and you never quit. You never quit being a parent, yeah. you know, as the analogy goes. But, you know, we're in some precious times here where... um you know, we've got to, we've got to be parenting is a, is a full combat role right now as a yeah. parent, right? I mean, there's a lot of influences out of in a social media. It's just, it's different. And, uh, and it was different for parents and their parents and so forth. But, um, I think being a parent of, of girls is, is, uh, it has a different level of complexity that, uh, that, that, uh, is not for the faint of heart. I'll just yeah. say that. Yeah. But I think we also have an opportunity here that, and it's pretty finite with a nine-year-old and a 14-year-old that, you know, at some point in time, unless the good Lord comes back, you know, they're, you know, in the next couple of years, they're going to be moving on to college or moving on to high school or moving yeah. on to junior high or whatever those things are. And those life transitions are really important. And so, um, we spent a lot of time kind of talking about those things with mm. our girls and, and preparing them kind of, you know, here's what that's going to look like. And here's, you know, what you expect, and yeah. here's what we expect. And, and, you know, here's, here's the kind of, uh, uh, expectation when it comes to, you know, grades and boys and all of those <laughs> kinds of things. And, and so those are, they may not be real cool for a podcast, but I think mm-hmm. they're pretty real and yeah. they're pretty, I think they're as a parent they're that's life. You need yeah. to be thinking about it. If, you know, <laughs> if you're not talking about it, then I think you're doing a big disservice. I like, agree. You know, you're just trying to let the world, you know, uh, parent your kids. I mean, right. that's not going to happen. You know, that's first and foremost, the number one priority is my wife and, and my two, two daughters. Um, you know, for me, you know, I'm pretty blessed work-wise. Got a lot of cool things that you know I'm able to touch in in a couple different areas of my life, and mm-hmm. so um, that's been great. Um, you know, whether it's being looking at new responsibility, new solutions, all those kinds of things. And then for the Bedford Agency, it's it's really trying to just organically grow this. Um, you know, in a in a fairly methodical way, being. Yeah being pretty smart about what we're doing here. Um, we've kind of said from day one that we wanted to be, we wanted to grow this organically. We didn't want to have to, you know, go raise some cash or, you know, take out a second mortgage or do any mm-hmm. of those kinds of things. The The goal here all along has been to kind of build this very pragmatically, 
in a way that uh, over time can be an income supplement mm-hmm. and can you know can can ultimately grow to where we've got you know full staff and all those kinds of things. Yeah. But because we're not in a rush, means we just need to be smart with the types of things that we are going to be focused in on. Right. So. I think you'll see us do more kind of sports business, kind of industry consulting. Mm-hmm. That continues to be an area where we're getting more interest. People are wanting to, you know, whether it's a special project, whether it's sales, whether it's a, a different type of product that people are wanting to take to market. Um, I think there's interest there in filling that void yeah. as a consultant in the market. Um, and there are a lot of people that do that. And so we're certainly not unique in that. But, um, you know, uh, think between me and, and contacts that I have able to really help the right kinds of companies that need mm. that kind of assistance. Um, we'll be really particular with events and camps and things like that that we take on. They'll be very laser focused on the things that we want to do there. Yeah. Um, again, going back to kind of that work-life balance and what that looks like, I think that will be one that you know, we'll be really smart. There are some areas here locally and, and kind of regionally and nationally that we're looking at. But, um, you know, without having to take on a bunch of overhead and whatnot, we'll be probably be pretty prescriptive. Yeah. And then when we think about recruiting education and partnerships and affiliates, there's a big body of work there um, that's probably the most mature as we think about it. So we're looking at some different um, um, nonprofit and four-part profit partnerships nice. uh, there. We're looking at um, uh, really kind of templatizing um, a lot of the material that we've got and, and putting those into, you know, more formats for, you know, co- co-curricular development. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking at various other kind of, uh, I call them affiliate partners, different ministries, different affiliations, different groups that we could partner with to kind of round out the cycle. So, um, you know, we've, we've, we've announced some of those this spring and summer, uh, whether it be something like Speak Life Ministries yeah. in Oklahoma City or Athletic Inc. On the performance side, we're meeting with different types of nonprofits that are looking at the, uh, the various other elements of kind of recruiting education and what that looks like, mm-hmm. um, whether it be ACT, SAT prep, whether it be uh, different type of performance goals. So I think you'll see us build that out there. Uh, I do believe there's a, a pretty big opportunity for kind of recruiting education as a as a as a cottage industry, and so yeah. whether we build create a separate brand or we build that under the Bedford Agency brand as we move forward, that is obviously a decision we have to make at some point in time. I could very easily see that kind of being its separate kind of yeah. old entity, um, but uh, but those are kind of where we're focused. But um, dad being dad and being husband's number one, and then. Yeah. Business stuff, I think, kind of naturally comes along with it, right? Um, because that obviously uh, puts groceries on the table and and uh, and a warm bed and and a roof over the head. But uh, it's you know it's in a good spot right now. For yeah, sure. that's awesome. Athlete Inc. I uh, know Kuhn Vega. He does a design work. Yeah, the branding for them. Okay, and then, cool. Uh, Coach, you know Coach K. Obviously, I do. I yeah. Do. And do you do do work with energy? professional uh, soccer team I, here? I, I, um, yes, yes. Um, 
you know, I don't want to overstate it, but yes, um, yeah. there's a couple different things that, that we're working on now that I can't discuss. Right. And then there's some things that we have discussed. I mean, you know, most recently, um, in the Oklahoma City Energy and Energy Assist, led mm-hmm. by um, Jason Hawkins, who's their general manager, um, they ended up just putting in um, a uh, uh, in a kind of an interactive soccer wall uh, yeah. with the city of Bethany mm-hmm. in uh, in one of their kind of underserved parks in kind of the east side of uh, southeast side of Bethany okay. and. Um, that was just through a relationship that I have with the mayor of Bethany and, That's cool. and connected them. And so, so yeah, we're, we're in discussions on some really cool things. That's but, awesome. Uh, I think highly of what they're doing here yeah. as just kind of a community ambassador here in the city. And mm-hmm. uh, so uh, they like, you know, several other entities have been really cool to work with. So it's yeah. been fun. Right on. Couple more questions. I, I want to be conscious of your time. Yeah, so no how does Brian want to be remembered? Well, I think um, that's a that's the that's a heavy question for today. But I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll say this, um, and I I've certainly learned this you know from my my wife more than anything, which is you know my number one responsibility is you know to be a man of faith, to be remembered for my faith, and to be you know husband and father kind of first. Mm-hmm. If I do that then I think I've accomplished a bunch because that is certainly where uh, 